0: This is a Soulfire production. Yo everybody, welcome back to another episode of Connor Wanders. I am feeling like a bag of dicks. Not happy about it, but what can you do, right? Sometimes you just wake up feeling like shit. And there's not been too much going on, you know, just another impeachment that's distracting everybody from everything, and we're obviously going to get into that a little bit today, but... A couple other things have happened this week that we're not going to cover. Just wanted to put out there for you. Lou Dobbs was taken off of Fox News. He's still under contract, still getting paid, but um, they were going to be sued for a bunch of different things that they lied about. So <laughs> Lou Dobbs got the got the chop, and that's that. No more Lou Dobbs. He was actually one of the best, uh, or one of the highest rated, or getting the best ratings. Excuse me uh, on on Fox Business. He was he was crushing the game. And a lot of that was because he was taking that OAN Newsmax line on um, election fraud conspiracy theory. So, I think the advertisers were like, "No, we're not doing this unless it was just the My Pillow guy." I think all of his ads were just the My Pillow guy, just talking about his pillows and his sheets and his cocaine addiction. <laughs> also, a man was killed uh, by baby shower cannon, and that, thats an interesting thing. These 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 gender reveals and baby showers are just getting too intense. I mean, when a man is killed by shrapnel from a cannon at a baby shower, we got to reevaluate where we're going as a society. This, this, this gender reveal, baby shower, one upment shit, and this is, let's, be, let's, be, let's be honest here. Let's be honest here about this whole thing with baby showers and gender reveals. And the problems that it's causing. We've got wildfires starting because of gender reveals. We've got people dying from shrapnel like they're in fucking Afghanistan thanks to gender reveals. And this is 100% the fault of white women. This is 100% the fault of white women. White women are responsible for wildfires and deaths thanks to their egregious needs. When it comes to, comes to revealing the gender of their baby or celebrating their pregnancy. As if we need any more people on this planet. We don't. We don't. But people have to go out and get all excited and buy a fucking cannon. <laughs> a fucking, and this isn't like a confetti cannon. This was like a, one of those like cannons that you would have at a, um, like a football game when they score a touchdown. You know, and it's like a cannon that makes a lot of noise but doesn't actually shoot a projectile until it explodes and kills an innocent bystander with shrapnel. That happened. Uh, also, a couple was murdered outside of their home uh, for shoveling snow uh, into their neighbor's yard. And then, uh, yeah, talking a lot of shit to this guy. Here's the thing about this. This, this whole thing, if you can go find this video, uh, I don't recommend you watch it, but I do recommend that you listen to Tim Dillon talk about it because his commentary was, I feel spot on, I feel like it was spot on, and anyways, this couple was shoveling snow onto their neighbor's yard, and this is in Philly, where, if you're familiar with Philadelphia, everybody is a fucking asshole, so they get into this kind of argument with this guy over shoveling snow, and they said that they're going to make his life a living hell, and what the fuck is he going to do about it, and calling him a pussy, and all these different things, and the guy goes inside the house, comes back outside with a 9 millimeter pistol, Shoots both of them. They're crawling around in the street um, after being shot. Uh, And then he comes back. He he empties his magazine, goes back inside, grabs an AR-15, and walks out into the street and tells this woman that she should have kept her fucking mouth shut and shot her in the head twice with an AR-15. And they went and killed, killed the man as well. And then he oh, and then he off, he, he went in back inside and when the cop showed up, he shot himself with the AR as well. So he he dome rocked himself with the AR as well. Um, interesting situation there. One thing to note don't fuck with people that you don't know and you don't know where someone is when it comes to their breaking point. This situation with COVID and the lockdowns and the election, like everything that's happened this year, has pushed people closer to their breaking point. And we're seeing that happen. We're seeing crazy things like teen depression and suicide um, going up. We're going to talk a little bit later on about opening schools, which I think will help quite a bit with that. But you don't know where someone is on the scale of mentally healthy to completely fucking psychotic. So maybe the best thing to do is keep your fucking mouth shut and don't shovel snow in someone else's yard. Not defending the guy not defending what he did, but this is scary, you know, and I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a, you may not know this, you may not seem this way based on the podcast, but I'm a bit of a hothead, I'm a bit of a hothead, I'll, I'll, I'll scrap, I'll throw down, I'm not scared to throw down, I've thrown down numerous times in my life, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but you don't fuck with somebody who's crazy, you don't fuck with somebody who's crazy, you fuck with a big guy, you know, somebody who looks strong. Nobody's crazy. They don't want to do that. Not the move. Not the move. But those are some things that we're not going to get into today, but I wanted to just share them with you because they're interesting. I find them interesting. More really the the baby shower cannon thing. Like I just don't understand where where are we headed with this baby shower thing? Like where's the logical conclusion of of now we have cannons as acceptable means of celebrating a baby shower? Where do we go from here? You know, Can't people just be excited? You have the miracle of life inside of you in the form of a small child that you're very excited about. Is that not enough for you? You need a goddamn cannon as well? You need your husband to like hit a ball with a wiffle ball bat so blue or pink powder comes out? Can the baby just be enough? That's the real question. Is anything ever going to be enough for us? That's the problem with America. Nothing is ever enough. So where do we go from here? Like, what are we doing with this? You know what I'm saying? Do we need to line people up? Yeah, I I don't know. This is, You know what? I don't know. I don't know. But I know that these white women with their gender reveals and their fucking baby shower cannons need to cool it. Now, with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the state of things. We got a lot of fun stuff. Trump impeachment. Uh, What else do we got? CDCs and schools. Candace Owens might be running for president, Biden talking about the troops, and of course, I'm going to give you something to think about when it comes to unintended consequences. Let's get into it. All right, starting the day off with something that people are pretending to care about. Everybody's pretending to give a fuck about the Donald Trump impeachment. Round two. <laughs> Round two. Celebrity death match. Round two. All right, so we've got a few highlights. Now, the defense from Donald Trump's um, impe- uh, impeachment defense is the impeachment defense was chaotic and weird from what I understood. And let's be real. No one's sitting through seven and a half hours of this boring bullshit, right? This like dog and pony show that's not gonna. It's not. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna happen. It's sitting here wasting a bunch of politicians' times that we pay for to do something that is not going to happen. Should it happen, we can sit here and have all kinds of conversations on the benefits of impeaching Donald Trump and why it makes sense and why it doesn't make sense and have this whole dialogue. It means fucking nothing because this is not going to get through the Senate. This is not. It's not going to happen. Now, they, they, enough people, a majority, uh, voted to move forward, of course, which is a little bit of a virtue signal because they're trying to get uh, elected again in their, in their next election. Or they're about to retire and they want to go out on a good note, right? So that makes sense. I get where we're going here. But at the same time, what they're really trying to do here and what his defense is saying is that they just don't want to run against the guy again. They don't want to deal with him running for office again. I don't think they want to deal with him running for governor of Florida or whatever the fuck he's going to do next. I don't know but they want to put they want to shut the guy up. So let's just go ahead and jump into this video uh, from Politico did a little bit of a rundown on where I don't know, just day 1. We're on day 2 right now as I'm recording this and we're going to hear a lot more, but let's just get a quick rundown on day 1 because I feel obligated and it's happening. So persons are commanded to keep silence on pain of imprisonment on pain of the imprisonment Senate of the United States is sitting for the trial of the article of impeachment exhibited by the House of Representatives against Donald John Trump, former president of the United States. Senators, this cannot be our future. This Getting cannot emotional. be the future of America. The text of the Constitution makes clear there is no hey, this is Colorado. exception to the impeachment power. Presidents can't... Inflame insurrection in their final weeks and then walk away like nothing happened. President Trump. I I was actually thinking about running against this guy. This is really interesting, I was just curious. I was like, who would I be running against if I was gonna run in Colorado? And it's this guy, and I feel like he's kind of a softy from the way I hear him speak, I don't know. I don't know, I need to look at his policy, but. Trump was impeached while he was in office for conduct in office, period. That is true. The President of the United States sided with the insurrections. He celebrated their cause. He validated their attack. He told them, remember this day forever. I'll be quite frank with you. We changed what we were going to do on account that we thought- Yeah, now we're moving over to Trump's defense, by the way. Thought that the house manager's presentation was well done. <laughs> and I wanted you to know that we have responses to those things. If we go down the road that my very worthy adversary here, Mr. Raskin, asks you to go down, the floodgates will open and partisan impeachments will become commonplace. We are really here because the majority in the House of Representatives does not want to face Donald Trump as a political rival in the future. What they really want to accomplish here in the name of the Constitution is to bar Donald Trump from ever running for political office again. That's true. But this is an affront to the Constitution, no matter who they target today. The denial of due process in this case, of course, starts with the House of Representatives. This has been the most bipartisan impeachment in American history, and we hope it will continue to be so in the days ahead. The only issue before the Senate today, of course, is whether uh, Donald Trump is subject to the court of impeachment. Uh, that the Senate has con- convened. We see no need to make any further argument that this body has the power to convict and to disqualify President Trump for his breathtaking constitutional crime of inciting a violent insurrection against our government. On this vote, the A's are 56. The days are 44. So 56 to 44, we're moving forward with this thing. Um, they're going to need, I think, I think it's 15 uh, Republicans in the Senate are 16 to vote on this, to, to get it through if they want to convict, which is incredibly unlikely to happen, but here we are. So let's just talk about this for just a minute here. I don't really like the precedent that this whole thing sets. I, I, I've, I'm just, the thing about it is like liberal media has been after this guy to a point to where it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Like the liberals cry so much about this fucking asshole, and yes, the dude sucks, and he's obnoxious, and he and he, you know, his followers stormed the Capitol, and people died. That's unfortunate. And, it's, and it was obnoxious, and it's embarrassing for our nation. I understand all of this, but the dude's out of office, and I just, I just, I'm just, I'm bored with this. Like, they've beat us to death making this guy a villain for four years, or more than four years, really, and at this point, it's like, I can't deal with Russian collusion anymore, impeachment, uh, this pandering, this desperation from the left is just, it's, it's weak and sad, and it's also just poor politics, because this guy, you gotta say what you will about Trump, but the reason that he was as successful as he was in gaining an audience is because he was constantly on the defense constantly on the defense and he was proven um to be attacked unfairly numerous times and he's great at that he's quicker he's funnier he's wittier he's 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 got an he's got an attitude that people resonate with and you're just giving like feeding more fuel to the fire because as liberal media your fucking ratings are going to shit as is fox news like like legacy media is in serious trouble which is good for all the rest of us but really bad for them and we're having to we're having to go sit through this whole thing again when there's a lot of other things that could be done. And of course they are multitasking and doing numerous things at one time, but this is sucking a lot of the air out of the room. It's it's where our is going. And there's just more, there's more valuable things to be done and focused on right now than this. That's where I stand, but it honestly just feels like we're dealing with children. It feels like we're dealing with some like mean girls, high school bullshit. And it's, it's getting to the point of just like fatigue. And I I don't know if I'm the only one that feels that way, maybe because I'm into this stuff more than most people. But I'm curious if you guys listening to the show are fatigued with this stuff. It it just seems like let's find something new to focus on that actually is productive. That's, that's what I would, if I could change one thing about American politics today, aside from campaign finance reform, let's focus on something that's productive. Let's try that. Maybe we should. Maybe we should move in a direction where I don't know the, the discourse that we're having, the debates we're having, move us in a positive direction versus like Orange Man bad, Orange Man not bad. Like it, that that that's where I stand here, and it's getting to be just so incredibly obnoxious. But with that being said, that was my my obligatory um, covering of the impeachment nonsense. That is a tremendous tremendous waste of time. All right, Candace Owens sent out a big tweet, a big, big tweet, and let's dive into it. Candace Owens announced that she's actually thinking about running for president. Now, here's some news that I, I just got through this article here from The Blaze, and of course, I went to The Blaze because it's right-wing propaganda, and this whole thing is right-wing propaganda, so went to The Blaze, and I didn't realize that Candace Owens isn't going to be 35 until uh, 2024. I thought Candace Owens was like 42 years old. I did not realize that she's younger than I am, which gives me some feels. But here we are Candace Owens announces that she's actually thinking about running for president and she already has somebody vying to be her BP. Now, before we even get into this article, we have to make a few things known here Candace Owens loves, 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 loves attention. Loves attention. That's why she talks about Harry Styles. That's why she gets into these things. She doesn't actually give a fuck. She just loves attention. So that's what we're doing here likely is she just wants to be validated. She's been busy being a new mom for a while. She hasn't, she hasn't trended in a while and she needed that for her ego. So that's more than likely the primary reason for this, but we're going to break it down anyways, because this is way more fun than impeachment nonsense. Conservative commentator, author, and activist Candace Owens says she's mulling over a run for president of the United States of America. Her proclamation, though issued not even two days ago, has received a massive online response, exactly as she wanted. Uh, What are the details? On Saturday night, the 31 year old Blexit founder tweeted, I love America, thinking about running for president. Owens did not specify when she might consider running for president, but the U.S. Constitution states that the president must be at least 35 years old and Owens will turn 35 April 2024. At the time of this reporting, the tweet has received more than 244,000 likes. Former MLB player Aubrey Huff, an outspoken Trump supporter, piggybacked on Owens' tweet and wrote, if you do it, I'll be your VP. I think that would be an unfortunate decision, but okay. Um, what else? In April, Owens told Glenn Beck that she plans to run for office, and that established politicians would, would not know what hit them. And here's a little video. Let's we'll go ahead and get into this video from Glenn Beck here. Um just a just a just a kooky ass guy in a f- complete fucking douche, but you just tweeted right before you went on the air and I just saw it. I am now honestly considering running for office. I never had any desire previously, but something has changed in me last night. had a conversation with my husband and I think it's a plan. Yeah, I did tweet that and that is real. You just tweeted it five minutes ago. so what what <laughs> tell did. me about it? You know, I was talking to my husband about this and my frustration with all of these governors and how dishonest they've been. And, you know, I grew up in Connecticut. I, I came up in New York. I, sp- I spent, um, you know, my early 20s, seven years in New York City. I was born in New York. And watching the way that these governors are, are, are lying and mismanaging, I'm just, I'm getting sick of it. So I said to my husband, you know, um, I think I should get into politics. I think I should run. I should, I should surprise run um, and uh, take somebody for, for everything they have, and, and expose what, people, what, what, and we had a what, conversation what? about it. Oh, so run for? I'm not entirely sure yet. <laughs> and it will be a super surprise when I announce and when I do it, and I'll tell you something else, Glenn, I'll win, there'll be no question, I will win. I will win, I will win the entire thing. They won't know what she hit sounds, them. She sounds so, she sounds so much like Trump. You know what I'll do, I'll win. I'll win, and they'll never know what hit them. I'll win. She is, she is black lady Trump. And it, it is, listen, this would make liberals heads explode for so many reasons. That's, I, I am, ru- I'm honestly ruin, ru- rooting for this because this will make liberals heads explode and I will really enjoy watching that happen. Now, is this going to, is she going to run for president with her arrogance and the way that she conducts herself, I don't see her running for any lesser office, right? She's so cocky and she thinks she has so many things figured out that I don't see her running for governor. I think that's beneath her. I think that she, she believes that's beneath her. It's not actually beneath her, but for her to run for Congress, um, I mean, as a in the house of representatives or as a Senator, to me, her having to like play well with others is unless it's Charlie Kirk, um, is not realistic. Right. So for her, she wants to be the boss bitch or be nothing. Right. So this is so tricky though. Like if she was, and I just like going down the rabbit hole is like, if she got the, the Republican nomination, like what would the Democrats do? Right. Because that takes away their race card, you know, and there's going to be a large percentage of the black population. And that is already sides with Candace Owens. And that's, completely overlooked by the left as if it doesn't exist. It's like an inconvenient truth that they don't want to acknowledge. So there's that. And I think it would actually show us a lot about, uh, what Democrats have in their playbook as far as handling something like this, which they've never had to go up against someone who has kind of the same ideology as Trump, an outspoken nationalist, which I think is a incredible problem, but here we are. And, and that can pander to that MAGA crowd in a, in a really compelling way. So them having to handle that and not as somebody they can say is a chauvinist and not somebody that they can say is racist because it's a black woman. So it takes away their kind of like patriarchy or racism, um, bullshit, which I would actually like for that to be out of the conversation for the most part when it comes to politics. But That's, that's, that's what, that's what gets us emotional. I would like to talk about things that have a little more substance when it comes to policy. uh, But they, we, we, people on emotions and we get manipulated a bit with our emotions. So that's going to be the way that they use these things, right? You're going to hear a lot. If she was to get the candidacy, a lot of pro-life rhetoric, a lot of really intense pro-life rhetoric, but we'll see how that goes. It would be really interesting. And from the left, you know, what, I don't know what they would do about this. I don't know how they would handle this. And it would just be so fun to watch this dumpster fire. So when we talked about this, and I brought this up numerous times on the show, the, the left continuing to do what they're doing, right? Like the, the Democrats, especially, continuing to d- down the road they're on does not lead to some utopia or socialism. It leads us back to Trump 2.0, right? Like that's where we're going to go. And who that Trump 2.0 is, I think Candace Owens has the lead in that spot. I don't see anybody else uh, coming up in that same ideology that can resonate with that audience as much. So it seems to me, if I was to just put this out there on like a leaderboard, that when it comes to the MAGA representative that has a chance to become the candidate for the Republicans, leading in that is Candace Owens. And that would be incredibly, incredibly Interesting to watch. Now, maybe she, again, like I, I think more often, more likely than not, she is just looking for attention here. She loves that, and I don't think that she really has the personality or the tenacity to be a good leader. She doesn't seem. She's a, she's a pot stirrer, right? And that's that's kind of her jam. Her and like Steven Crowder are very similar, similar in the way that they just like to talk shit and like stir the pot, which is fun. I like to do that too. I'm not, I'm not judging anybody based on that. It's, that's a, it's, if you're good at it, it's a very enjoyable thing to do. But with this situation that we're in, I think that she would be a very compelling candidate especially in the Republican primary her arrogance is a problem of course and she wants to even her rhetoric right like I want to take them for all if they have it's like who would you be running against that you're that really like concerned I don't know this is a really interesting situation so we'll see what happens but I'm glad she tweeted that because it's super super funny and I would love to see I would love to see this transpire listen you're not drinking enough water Okay, that's that's what that's in the news right now is that you need more. Stay hydrated. Get the most hydration that you can get, the most bang for the buck when it comes to what you put in your fucking face hole. All right? And that's why we have partnered with Element. Now, if you were into just sweating in general, like maybe you have very vigorous sex or you like to hike or you just work out at the gym, maybe do some CrossFit, maybe you're a CrossFit bro, maybe you're a powerlifter, who knows what you're into, but if you're into anything that in, involves you losing liquids out of your body, you're probably not drinking enough water. If you're into fasting, if you're into keto, if you're in any kind of low-carb situation, you're probably not getting enough electrolytes. What causes the keto flu, everybody knows about the keto flu, if you go into carnivore or keto, you get that little lag, that little afterwards, that first like week or so. That's caused by electrolyte deficiency. So Rob Wolf created this beautiful little flavorful packet of goodness called Element, and they have sponsored this show, obviously. So here's what we're going to do for you. Here's what we're going to do just exclusively for listeners of this show. You're going to get an eight-pack sampler, an eight-pack sampler from Element for only $5. And that's just to cover shipping. You're just covering shipping on your eight-pack sample daddy. All right, now, the eight-pack sampler is legit. It brings in some of the, the best flavors. Of course, there's an unflavored. We got citrus, we got orange, we got raspberry. Those are all great flavors, but here, let me tell you something. Let me give you a little hack, a little something special just for me to you. If you take that lemon habanero, okay, it's a great flavor, my favorite flavor. Just I just finished it before doing this ad. Lemon habanero. Mix it with a little less water than the 16 ounces. Maybe like 10 ounces of water or less. Maybe 8 ounces. Because you want it to be pretty strong. Stronger than what you would normally want to drink. Drop a shot and a half of tequila in there. Shake it up. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. Have some people over. Get a pack of lemon habanero. Make some skinny Ritas. Those skinny marks. Have some friends over. Don't allow any masks in your house. Have a few cold beverages. Enjoy yourself. You know, it's cold right now. It's wintertime. It's like 10 degrees outside in Denver today. And when you're when it's cold, you just don't drink enough water. I don't drink enough water. I don't feel like I need it because I'm not sweating. I'm not perspirating as much. But that's when you get dehydrated the most. Like, there's so many reasons to have this on top of the fact that it helps you curve cravings at the end of the day. When you're like, oh, I want a little bit of something sweet. How about you get a little something moist in your body instead? With element now you can go to drink element that's d-r-i-n-k-l-m-n-t they spell it real trendy like l-m-n-t.com slash wanders or as you finish listening to this show you can just pop to the show notes click the link and it'll take you right to your custom page to order your sample pack now if you can get the sample pack that's great right just for the cover just to cover shipping why just do that though? You're gonna love this stuff. I know you're gonna love this stuff. I love this stuff, or else I wouldn't read this ad. On top of the fact that they've got the cojones to sponsor this podcast, you know how much how many how much balls it takes to sponsor a political podcast, really? Especially one that's not have get, doesn't have millions of downloads. There's no guarantee they're gonna get a return on their investment here, but they trust they trust you to be able to go to their site at drinkelement.com/slash/wanders and pull that fucking trigger. Because you want to stay moist on the inside. Do it. Get moist. Get Element. Drink LMNT.com slash Wander's link in the show notes. You'll be glad you did it. I promise. The CDC says schools are safe, but Biden continues to ignore science and doctors. Now, this is an article from The Hill. Just keep this in mind. This is an opinion piece from Joe Joe Concha. Joe Concha. That's a cool name. I'm into that. He's a, he's an opinion contributor. So this is an opinion piece, but it's interesting nonetheless. So Biden has been, uh, you know, talking about following the science and how science is going to lead us out of the pandemic. And here we go. So there is increasing data to to suggest that schools can safely, safely reopen and that safe reopening does not suggest that teachers need to be vaccinated in order to reopen safely. That's a really cumbersome sentence. Vaccination of teachers is not a prerequisite for this safe reopening of schools. And this is from the Center of Disease Control and Prevention Director, Raquel Walensky. Now, so she's the director of the CDC. This is her opinion. So it's obviously going to be backed by some kind of data um, that the CDC thinks is valuable. And when we look at this, we see what's going on. Now, let's play this clip here. From Jen Sackett. I'd to follow up on the issue of school reopenings. Mm-hmm. Dr. Walensky had said at a previous briefing, there is increasing data to suggest that schools can safely reopen and that uh, they can safely reopen without teachers getting vaccinated. You then said the official CBC guidance is not out yet, but there is some urgency to this because schools are making their decisions right now about how and when to reopen. So does the Biden administration have an assessment today about whether schools can reopen with or without teachers getting vaccinated. Well, first the, the guidance will come officially from the CDC, as Dr. Walensky, who leads the CDC, would certainly convey to you. So So when we look at that, that clip there, we've got the CDC director letting people know. Now they need to, they this isn't apparently an, isn't an official recommendation. But if you're the Biden crew here, if you're the Biden crew. You've got to jump on this and be like, oh, this is great news. This moves in the right direction. Like, it's just PR. It's just PR at this point. Like, you've got to say, hey, looks like we're going to be reopening schools and not all teachers have to be vaccinated. That's not a prerequisite. That's great news. But now the teachers unions get involved, right? And the teachers unions, if we look at the data here, if we go down, we look at the data when when it comes to polling parents and polling faculty and staff at schools says here, an extensive survey out of Helena, Washington, found 58% of parents want schools to go to an all-student model that would have their kids in school five days a week. But when faculty and staff were polled, just 27% said that they wanted the all-students option. That's a 31 percentage point gap. So that's an interesting thing to look at there. So the knee-jerk response is going to be, well, the teachers are the ones that are really at risk here. I don't think it's actually necessarily true. I hear that argument quite a bit. If kids are carriers, can be carriers for COVID, the parents are at just as much risk at the kids as the kids. Um, because they're, in, they're actually in closer quarters with their children, generally speaking, than teachers are, uh, depending on the way that they set up the classrooms. But the consequences of shutting these schools down is, is astronomical. And we're going to talk a little bit later on in the show about about unintended consequences, but I understand that the intentions of this are good and the intentions of the teachers are good. I don't normally question the intention of teachers too much, but at the same time, we're looking at this and saying, all right, there's a bias here on both sides. One, maybe teachers want to get paid and and, and keep doing things remote because they can teach you know without pants on I don't know whatever the fuck they want to do and parents are driving themselves crazy because they have to fucking teach their kids and do this all this all this extra work on top of the fact of trying to save their asses and make enough money to get by during this uh, pandemic type situation so this is I've got I'm gonna side with the parents here obviously open the fucking schools back up five days a week get the kids back in there so like this this is not a risk for most children. If a teacher has a pre-existing condition and he doesn't need to be in the, in, in a, around a, a crowded environment like this, cool. You get paid full wages to not do your job. It's fine. Like at that's an, that's a cost that, that we can we can handle. Right if a teacher's over the age of 50, maybe they get paid to stay home too and a sub takes their place that's younger. That's that's a pragmatic solution. I don't understand why that's a problem. People are already getting paid to work from home, anyways. We need to do something to get these kids back in school. And the thing about it is, to, to, to take the to me to take the perspective and take the position that schools don't need to reopen is just incredibly privileged, right? Because you're completely overlooking the kids that don't have have a stable household, don't have a stable meals, maybe relying on that social interaction to create healthy attachment that they're not going to get at home, that are relying on school meals to get a good meal in, even though on the whole scale of possible meals, school meals are not what I would consider a good meal, but much better than a lot of kids are getting at home. And that's something that we we overlook. It's like, oh, it, it's for our safety. It's like literally you're, you're harming children more than anybody else here. Like it's not for anyone's safety. It's not for the teacher's safety. It's not for the kid's safety. It's fucking bullshit. Open the fucking schools back up. And Biden needs to be the hero and get fucking schools open back up. And that's where we're at. Like, we've been doing this shit for a fucking year. And you've seen the mental health consequences of this. And mental health within children is of utmost importance to the future of our society. So to overlook that, because .00001 kids get impacted by this in a negative way, is fucking ridiculous. I don't know if that data is actually correct. I just made that up. But what I do know is within the age group of 25 to 34 in my age bracket 2000 people have died in a year out of and that's 2000 out of 70,000 that died of all causes and that only drops under the age of 25 to a virtually zero this is not about kids this is about politics and we got to get over this shit these kids need to go back to school they need they need social environments School is important for education, of course, but it's also social sorting. It helps people understand where they're going to be in society, how to interact. These are really important life skills that are learned in the school system as an unintended uh, result of putting a bunch of people together in a place. So to to rely on Zoom and Zoom rooms and kids that don't even have fucking Wi-Fi, like it's the poorest kids that get hurt the most out of this. And that's what pisses me off. It's kids that already have a tremendous uphill battle that are starting past the starting line, behind the starting line in life. And you've just taken your arrogance and your need to politicize this to the next level by giving those kids an even steeper hill to climb to find some kind of success in life. And that is generally just fucked up. It's fucked up. So we gotta do something about this. And I think the Biden administration needs to be called out. I I really, really do. Well, if anybody thought I wasn't going to criticize the Biden administration, they are going to be proven wrong in today's episode for sure. Um, so we've got here, ABC is reporting the Biden administration likely to keep troops in Afghanistan amid escalating violence in its stalled talks. A new watchdog report warns U.S. troops face limitations after Trump's drawdown. One of the most popular things Trump did was decrease our presence in the Middle East. And here we are, because the orange man did it, it must be bad. So we're dealing with this. Amid a surge in high-profile assassinations and violent attacks, the Biden administration is indicating it will keep U.S. troops in Afghanistan past a May withdrawal deadline laid out in the U.S. deal with the Taliban. So we are going... The rest of the article basically says they didn't do what they said we were going to do, so we're not going to do what we said we're going to do. And they... Didn't uh, cease talks with these like as, as if this agreement's gonna ever fucking hold up. We made this agreement with the Taliban. You're making a fucking agreement with the Taliban. How long do you think that shit's gonna last? Get the fuck out of there. We created ISIS. We created the Taliban. We created Al Qaeda. We're just creating more extremists by fucking spending more time there. The more every day we spend there is another extremist created. What do we think this is? Can we not? Do we as a nation? lacks so much self-reflection that we can't even see that we are responsible for these things. This is not a war-driven... This is a 20-fucking-year war. 20 years. And it's not driven by humanitarian efforts, no matter what anybody tries to convince you of. It's driven by economics. And this... The Biden... I was i was so scared of this with the Biden administration, but they looks like they're going to be a defense contractor's wet dream. And this drives me fucking... Insane. Continue here, says President Joe Biden has talked about keeping U.S. forces to counterterrorism or to defend the U.S.-backed Afghan government against a rise in Taliban attacks, but it's unclear under what conditions, to what end, and for how long after America's nearly 20-year war. Yeah, it's unclear where the goalpost is as to when the fuck we're going to get out of the Middle East. Because they don't want. It. Here's the thing. Here's what's gonna happen. They say, "Oh well, it's all peaceful over here now, and everything's chill. So we have to stay and make sure that it's peaceful." Or it's a complete nightmare over here, and it's full of violence. So we got to stay here and manage the violence. We have no end in sight. Those two, like we have, there's no possible solution that leads to the defense contractors wanting us to leave the Middle East. Not one. We've been lied to for 20 fucking years. The lies began on September 11th. And we've been lied to ever since. This is so incredibly shameful. So shameful. And it's the only thing that's less popular than the war in Afghanistan is the war on drugs here at home. So, the only thing is we can't vote on ending the war in Afghanistan, but we are overwhelmingly voting as a nation to end the war on drugs. Oh, God. Let's see. The Taliban, while engaged in intermittent talks with the Afghan government, have also sustained high levels of deadly attacks and refused to agree to a ceasefire, even as country reels from the coronavirus pandemic and ensuing economic crisis with poverty and unemployment rates sharply up. God. This is a fucking disaster. This is just like this, these war hawk motherfuckers, man. I cannot deal with these fucking people. <sighs> I mean, we can just keep going. It's just more of the same shit. There are no goal posts. There's no end in sight for this. This is so incredibly manipulative in the way that we've been, the way we got into the Middle East, how long we've been there. I mean, you think, yeah, this war has been 20 years. but we go back, 10 years before that war started, we were there again. We've never left this place. Like We might as well annex the goddamn place because we're there so much, and there's so many people that spend time there. We create extremists that then create the need for war. That helps who? Does it help those people over there, the others that we're supposed to be scared of? Does it help them? No. Does it help me? Does it help you? No. Does it keep me and you safe by creating more extremists? No. Who does it help? Who does it help? The people that get paid in the war machine, defense contractors. That's who this helps. Do not get this twisted. Every time you see something like this, and you see a statement like, um, "Let's see," it's unclear whether what, under what conditions, to what end, and for how long after America's nearly twenty years of war, it's unclear. We need clarity. We deserve clarity on what we're trying to accomplish and when that gets accomplished, we need to get the fuck out of there. We have been disrespected as an American as an American populist for 20 fucking years with this war. And to see the Biden administration just doing the same shit. I'm sure that drone strikes will go up with them too. It was up 200% under Obama, up 400% under Trump. Maybe we'll go sit, we'll just keep the trend. Let's go 600% up under Biden. This is where we're at. This is where we are at. And it's frustrating and it's sad. But I wanted to share that with you because it pissed me off. And when things piss me off, I share them with you guys. Now, it's time for that part of the show where I open it up and give you no answers, but I do give you something to think about. Let's talk about the law of unintended consequences. Now, looking at this, and we'll just define it. It's a pretty easy thing to define. Every action has consequences that are not intended when the decision is made. So... The unintended consequences. Now, there are unintended consequences to many things, right? We can easily uh, overlay this onto your relationship, right? Like when you started dating that hot chick uh, from the coffee shop, maybe the unintended consequences of that were that she was a psychopath and that she set your house on fire. Um, You know, those are unintended consequences, that you didn't plan for that at all. And when we make decisions, we don't like to consider what the unintended consequences may be and sometimes I don't even notice them, right? So a uh, 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 somebody I really appreciate and respect, Mark Manson just wrote about this the other day, and I've been kind of playing with this idea for the past few days, of this unintended unintended consequences piece, and how it can apply to politics, and how it can, how can it apply to the positions that we take in politics, and how it could help us build a more robust position. And this is something that I don't think I realized I was doing until I kind of went down this rabbit hole, but something that I find a lot of value in. In order to take a strong position or have a strong opinion about what policies should be implemented, you have to be able to speak to and acknowledge the unintended consequences of that action, right? We don't see that, and we can use the $15 minimum wage as a great example of that. I feel like to make a compelling argument for a $15 minimum wage, you have to also acknowledge and speak to the unintended consequences of something that's very well-intentioned, right? So we have a very well-intentioned policy that it gets sold as a well-intentioned policy to people that want to do better, but what are the unintended consequences of that? Will it actually shut down small businesses, especially in rural areas? What is that going to look like? What does that mean? How does that impact those people? What does that look like in the future? What is that? How does that change politics going forward? How does it change the parties that people align themselves with? Can you put that toothpaste back in the tube? Won't you take it out? No. Right? So we, we would end up having to have another solution to another problem created by the solution to a problem. So we've got to be able to keep that in mind and speak to those, right? Some other things that we look at that are really hot-button issues, abortion, guns, we have to be able to, if you have a strong position on these things, you need to be able to understand the unintended consequences of well-intentioned decisions. Now, we have a lot of people that don't like to acknowledge that from the left and the right. I think it's actually one of the biggest problems, right? When we get on a debate stage, it's like, here's my why my idea is better intentioned than your idea. And we look at the known responses to that action, but we don't look at the unintended Like the the intended responses to an action, the intended consequences of an action, and every action has consequences that are intended and unintended, but the intended responses are always looked into in a favorable light when the unintended are not. So we have to also understand our innate sense of confirmation bias in the way that we view our own actions, right? We're going to have a positivity bias in the way that we, when we assess our own actions, So the advice that Mark Manson gave and that I'm giving to you right now in this beautiful segment called something to think about, I want you to think about this. When we have the unintended consequences noted and spoken to within our positions, we probably need to multiply the impact of those unintended consequences by four. So whatever your intended consequences are in the responses to an action that you believe are appropriate, Consider the unintended consequences, which are going to diminish via confirmation bias, and multiply the impact of those unintended consequences by four and see if your argument still holds. See if your position still holds. See what you would change. And in that way, you're creating a diversity of thought within your own cognitive process. And when you create a diversity of thought within your own co- like cognitive process, you're essentially debating yourself. And what that does is creates more robust, well-thought-out, and more pragmatic solutions to problems. So as we're taking policy positions and as things happen to this new administration and as we go forward with all the variety of, of policies that we will be seeing, think about that. And you can't expect politicians to do that for you. They're not going to. You're not going to see that shit on a debate stage. That's part of the personal responsibility. And understanding your cognitive bias Understanding your human nature and understanding how to develop a level of, of, of anti-fragility within your own positioning and with your own, within your own arguments. It's a beautiful place to be. And I think that we can all get a lot out of it. And with that being said, I think we're done today. (laughs) Oh man, I pulled it through. I feel like that wasn't terrible for being, for feeling like a bag of dicks. Um, Guys, if you love this show, make sure to review it on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to get some premium content, premium episode every week that is completely crowdsourced from the Patreon community, it's all for you in there. It's all for you. Check it out. Link is in the show notes of this show, as is our sponsor element. Fucking love you guys. Keep your head on straight and we will see you next time.